another episode of Learning Curve. I'm Anya, your host. I would like to start off this episode by thanking everybody who's been listening to the podcast. Over the last week or so, I've had people come up to me and tell me that they've been listening to the podcast and they really like it. And I just want to thank all of you um, for giving me your time and your attention because I'm not entitled to that. And I, I will forever be grateful to each and every one of you who come back or who listen to the podcast. So thank you for doing that. Today we're going to talk about the seven less talked about aspects of self-care. So I've been thinking a lot about self-care and how it's portrayed in our surroundings through music or movies or TV shows or videos or even like podcasts, I've been focusing a lot on that. And something I've realized that is that in movies and in music, in music videos and just in music in general, self-care is often portrayed as a very easygoing process. It's always portrayed as this super easygoing process where there may be a little bit of crying but like that's all you go through and then you're okay that's in movies that's what happens with the protagonist something bad happens in the protagonist's life and then a a soundtrack plays in the back and the protagonist cries a couple times and over the span of the entire soundtrack you see them getting better and better getting happier and happier but what they don't show you is the flip side of that coin what they don't show you is the flip side and how you have to deal with so much more stuff to get happier and happier and how there are so many not hurdles but there are just so many different things you have to overcome in order to heal and grow and get happier that's something we don't see and we don't talk about enough in our surroundings so that's what we're going to talk about today and i hope that this episode is helpful if it is please let me know the first aspect that isn't talked about enough is addressing your own problematic patterns while self-care is a lot about cutting off toxicity and negativity from your life it's also about addressing your own issues you know flipping the lens from pointing out other people's problematic patterns and issues and looking at yourself and reflecting on yourself because while self-care is massively and majorly protecting yourselves from people who drain your energy it's also protecting yourself and stopping yourself from draining your own energy So it's addressing your own problematic patterns. Now, there's a couple ways to do that. Um, For me, I went through something fairly traumatic in life. And I did my, I subconsciously almost just did my own self-reflection. And then I went to therapy and I talked to my therapist about it and we worked on it. That's the best way to go about it. Other than that, if, if you think you have honest friends and family and partners in your life, that will be honest with you about the things and the problems that you have. Ask those people and keep that in mind and recognize your own behavior and 
learn how to not behave that way learn how to reduce that kind of behavior because a lot of times we can do a lot of stuff that is harmful to ourselves for example i was talking to a friend the other day and something came up about positive self-talk there are so many instances that i've witness on a day-to-day basis where i have people talking to me about something and they are so negative about the way they talk about themselves okay like they tell themselves they're ugly they tell themselves they're worthless they tell themselves that they're just taking up space there's so much more worse stuff that's a problematic behavior for yourself and that's something you need to address You know, like a lot of people say that it's a joke. Uh, a lot of people say it as a joke. That's what that's what we do. But it's a problematic thing because you might be putting it out as a joke to other people, but subconsciously you might just believe you're ugly. Subconsciously you might just be like I'm worthless. So it's very that's an example of one of many problematic behaviors that we have and project onto ourselves and that's it's really important to address those. and work through those to overcome them and reduce that kind of behavior cuz that is also self-care cuz that in a way helps you get out of your own way cuz when you do this negative self-talk and you behave negatively towards yourself you are standing in the own, in the way of your own growth and healing so we need to stop doing that and to learn how to not do that and learn how to Another way of recognizing your own problematic behaviors and this is another part of self-care. This is the second part of self-care that is not discussed is doing your shadow work. It's doing self-reflection, it's talking about your inner child, it's talking about your previous traumatic experiences that may have had an effect on you, a negative effect, and figuring out then the problematic patterns that it caused. That's the second part. First part is addressing your own problematic patterns and se- the second thing is doing your own shadow work to understand yourself and to be emotionally literate. That's what it is. The thing about shadow work is that it's not always easy. You know shadow work can be in the form of journaling. It can be when you go to a therapist or a counselor and you can do shadow work there. It can be it can be journaling, it can be just talking, whatever. But the thing about shadow work is that it's not always easy and shadow work often does bring out some aspects of ourselves and some memories that we have or had buried down deep and we we'd literally just forgotten about it. That's what shadow work does, which is why it's it can get really sad and it can get really dark. That's what shadow work does. but that's another part of healing. I am not saying that healing has to be dark. No. The entire point of healing is growing, being yourself and being happier than you were before you started. But there are going to be parts where you're going to feel really low. And one of these parts is when you're doing some serious shadow work and you're doing some serious self-reflection and really digging into your past to know to understand why you behave and you react a certain way in the present. Number 3 is holding yourself accountable for the mistakes you make. This is something I have struggled with for the longest time in my life. 
holding yourself accountable for the mistakes you make. The thing is, as I don't know if anybody else does this, but some something I always used to have an issue with was realizing that I can make mistakes too. I know, red flag. But you need to realize that you are a human being. And as humans, it is human nature to make mistakes. Big mistakes, but mistakes nonetheless. And it's important for you to accept that and make peace with that fact. And then also hold yourself accountable for times when you mess up. You know, because if you don't, then that, what you do, what, what the other thing is that you can do is you can start a blame game. Okay, and somebody can call you out for something that you genuinely messed up on. And instead of being like, okay, that's my bad. Um, I should have done it better or should have paid more attention. You start a blame game and then it goes back and forth. And that is useless because you aren't learning anything. It's taking from the energy of both you and the other person. And it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. You know, you're just stretching it out to the point where the other person just gives up. Or... I mean, I don't I don't want to go there, but I'm going to go there. A lot of times, the third thing you can do is gaslight the other person, which is also a red flag. The third thing people do is they gaslight this other person into thinking that things didn't happen the way they actually did. And then they get this other person to apologize to them, which red flag, right? Gaslighting, lying, blaming others for things that you did all pretty red pretty big red flags but the thing about red flags you know when i say red flag people when anybody says red flag really our first instinct is to stay away from this person but what if you have your own red flags and that's the thing i read this somewhere the other day and i'm gonna paraphrase it probably really terribly but the the quote was that all of us are toxic or were toxic or have been toxic at some point in our life or still are toxic everybody is toxic but the only different difference between somebody who was toxic and somebody who continues to be toxic is that one person is willing to face and learn their toxic behaviors take accountability for the consequences of that toxic behavior and work on reducing or even eliminating that toxic behavior from their system. That's one person. The other person who is still toxic is going to deny accountability for everything and is going to gaslight you. Right? And this is I read this somewhere. And I mean it's true cuz like I have issues. I used to have issues. I have lesser issues right now, but I still have issues. You know you have issues. Whoever's listening to this podcast, you probably have issues too. I don't know if you're aware but the thing is, everybody has issues and that's okay. It's about being willing and able to work on those issues and better yourself. That's the entire idea. So number three is holding yourself accountable for the mistakes you make. Know that it's okay to make mistakes, but also you need to know that it's also important to hold yourself accountable and genuinely mean it when you say, that you're not going to do the same thing again.
Number four, continuing from number three, which was holding yourself accountable for the mistakes you make. Number four is being disciplined. Discipline is so important just in life, but it's a major part of healing and growing successfully. And holding yourself accountable, which was point three, also takes discipline. It takes discipline for you to sit down and and really accept and say that, okay, I messed up and do it over and over every time you mess up. But at the same time, somehow forgive yourself for messing up and promise yourself you're not going to do that again. Discipline is massive. It's just so important. Like, for example, if somebody wants to lose weight and they want to go to, you know, they're like, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to work on myself. If they really mean it and if they want, if really want it, it's going to take them serious discipline to get out of bed every morning and, you know, put clothes on and go to the gym. Because when we get out of bed in the morning, we're groggy and we don't want to do anything. Most people don't. So for them, for this person who wants to get better, get a better physique and go to the gym every day, it takes discipline. For anybody who is trying to develop better eating habits, it takes discipline to not, you know, eat like foods with less nutritional value. It takes discipline and so does healing and growing. It takes so much discipline to do things because a lot of times self-care and growing and healing requires you to do things that you wouldn't want to do. That's why discipline is so important because discipline is doing things even if you don't want to because you know that doing these things will make you feel good and make you feel better and make you happier sooner or later. So number four, discipline is super duper important when it comes to healing or discipline is just I feel like discipline is really important in life. You know, with school, with work, with your personal goals, all your or your professional goals, your family, your healing and self-growth journey. Discipline is always super important and it is not discussed enough. You know, it's just it's not discussed enough and it's definitely something super important that you need to master over time when it comes to anything in life. Number five, and this is a big one. Being okay with falling back into old patterns and starting over. The thing about healing is like, healing is like making a new habit. Okay, you have this bad habit from the past and you're working on growing and healing because you want to make a newer, better habit. But the thing about habits is that you fall back into them, right? You fall back into them. Why do you fall back into them? Maybe because you're not disciplined. Okay, maybe you're not, maybe you weren't disciplined, you know, maybe it's just something, whatever. It is so common for anybody to fall back into old patterns while healing because you're not used to your new habit yet. And your body and your mind just find it easier to fall back into the old habit because that's how they're used to doing things. That's literally it. it that's the, I think that's just the easiest way to think about it, right? And the thing is, you need to be okay with it. You need to be okay with it and you need to give yourself credit. You need to tell yourself that it's okay. Because I, because I just gave you, like, in 
to my knowledge, the most rational, simple, and logical explanation. Falling back, the, for me, the only reason you fall back into your old habits or your old patterns is because your brain and your body find it easier because they're hardwired to do things that certain way. Okay, and newer habits, making new habits is exhausting. It is exhausting. So if you fall back into old habits, that isn't your fault. But it is your responsibility to work on that, on, you know, to continue forming that in your habit. That's your responsibility. Falling back into an old pattern may not be your fault, but continuing to work towards your newer, better goal is your responsibility. And again, going back to point four, it takes discipline to keep working towards it. Because if you fall back into an old habit one day and you have, you can go two ways. You can either say, okay, I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to continue working towards my better vision or goal. Or you can not care and say, you know what, I'm going to stay here because this feels better and this feels easier. In the moment, this feels easier, so I'm going to stay here. That's, and it's totally your choice. You're in control of the choices you make. So really, depending upon how you want to take the situation, it's on you. But a huge part of healing is knowing that, knowing that you may fall back into your old patterns, knowing that it's okay if that happens, and still knowing and somehow having the power to start over. It can be exhausting. It is exhausting. Who am I kidding? It is exhausting. But I think it's, you know, it's it's to keep going. Number six. Oh my God. Being okay with being alone. This is something I briefly mentioned in the last episode. If you haven't listened to the last episode yet, please do. Being okay with being alone. This is something we talked about earlier. The thing is, Again, quick quick recap of last episode. Self-care means protecting your energy. Self-care means cutting others, other people off. Cutting people off that you think drain you and your energy. Big, big, big part of self-care. And when you do that, a lot of times it leads to you only having your own company for a little bit. Because the people you thought were your closest friends may leave when you start setting and enforcing boundaries. Right? So a lot of times you're going to feel like you're alone and you don't have anybody's support or your company. That's where point number six, being okay with being alone comes in. You know, like you, you'll always have people from your family and your genuine true friends for, for you. But there are times when you can be with these people. You can know that these people are there for you and still feel alone and that's perfectly okay that's something that happens that's something we all feel regardless of whether or not we are going on a self-care journey regardless of whether or not we're enforcing boundaries on people it's normal to feel that way it's human to feel that way but it's a it's a huge part to be okay with being alone and be okay and be be comfortable in your own company and that it gets sad sometimes. I'm not going to lie to you. It gets so sad sometimes. 
Like, I have been there, and it's just, it's awful sometimes. It is, oh, man. It's, <laughs> but the thing is, when you, I'm going to give you this piece of advice right now. The thing is that when you're on your own, in your own company, there's two ways you can go because it's all about choices, okay? There's two ways you can go. When you're alone in your company and your mind's empty, the first way you can go is down a spiral of your own negative thoughts or just your own thoughts in general. But a lot of times when we're alone and in our own heads, the thoughts tend to be negative. That's the first thing you can do. My mom always says this one thing, which is that empty mind is a devil's workshop, right? That And I have stuck by that for my entire life and I still do. The first thing you can do is have an empty mind and make it the devil's workshop and just go down a downward spiral, a rabbit hole of just negative crap that's sitting in your head. Number two, which is honestly, I feel the better option. It's a little bit more tiring. Actually, no, it's not. But the better option is to work on your hobbies and your skills and work towards your goals. If you are alone and you're in your own company and you're not hanging out with anybody, go for the second option and take that time to deepen your connection with yourself. Get to know yourself better. Get to explore. Get to exploring the things that you think are going to make you happy. Explore what makes you happy. Just explore in general. When I'm alone, I put on music and I take a book and I go for a walk by the lake. That's what I do. Because I know reading makes me happy. I know nature makes me happy. Music makes me happy. I know walking makes me happy. I do all four things at the same time. It, I, it, I can either do that or I can sit in bed and lie in bed and listen to music and go down the rabbit hole of my own negative thoughts. Now the loophole in this is that alone time is important. And alone time is when you're in your own company and you're with your own thoughts. But again, alone time, do not stay inside your head. If you are taking alone time for yourself and you're listening to music and you're spending time with your thoughts, make sure you have an outlet for those thoughts. Because if you stay in your head, then those thoughts pile up and it gets cluttered up there and then you can't focus on anything. Right? So like my outlet is journaling. Sometimes my outlet is this podcast. I sort of vent to you guys about everything, right? Like, so always have an outlet for your thoughts because if you stay in your head you end up piling things over and it's just a pile of shit that doesn't allow you to think so do that number seven as i say last but definitely not least and this one is really for me it was really hard i don't know if it's gonna be for you if it's not that's really good number seven is releasing your fantasies and your delusions. It's the big one, you guys. Number seven is the craziest one. I was on, I think it was Twitter. I was on Twitter the other day and I was going through random posts. And this one lady posted something her younger sister, who was turning 21, had said. Um, so basically, these two were talking about how People are more than what you see. That's what... We're going to call this girl Susan. That's what Susan said. So Susan said, 
that people are more than what you see. And then Susan's sister, we're going to call her Linda. (laughs) And Susan's sister, Linda, said, no, people are what they show you, right? And that, and that I'm going to connect this to another thing I saw and read, which was that self-care is releasing the fantasy or the idea that your patience and energy and love and kindness can change the other person. No, it cannot. The only thing that can change this other person is if they're willing to change. You sticking around and giving your patience, love, energy, kindness, whatever, to a person who's not willing to change and just wants to stay stagnant is not going to do shit. If the only thing is going to make you do make the only thing it's going to do, geez, is really mess you up and just make you sad and make you blame yourself for why this person isn't healing. Because you're trying your best, but you don't see anything happening. That's the only thing it's going to do, and that's never good. And as terrible and as hurtful it may be for you, know that you can be the most loving, energetic, kind, amazing, fantabulous person who is willing to help this other person out but sometimes it just doesn't work. Sometimes you just can't fix it. Because it's not your job to fix anybody. Nobody else is your project. It's not your job. And it's high time that you've released the fantasy of I can fix them. You know how they say you can be the whole package at the wrong address? That's exactly what I mean. Okay? If the second you realize that you are wasting your energy, your precious time and energy on this person who is not willing to change, you need to leave. You need to tell yourself that whatever I do, it's not going to change this person. Second of all, it's not my job to change this person. You need to tell yourself that you need to leave. And that's not easy. That's really not easy. And when you do it, it kind of hurts you. Because then you start, like, you start second-guessing yourself. You're like, what if I had stayed, like, longer? What if I had been more patient? No. No. We don't do that. Okay? Release. Genuinely, please, for God's sake, release the fantasy and the delusion that you can fix somebody. Because it's not your job to fix somebody else. It's not your job to help others heal. Stop giving, stop emptying your cup for people who don't want anything from you. Stop it. (laughs) Generally, stop it. It pisses me off so much. God, and I used to do that, which pisses me off even more. But that's a major thing you need to do. You need to stop thinking you can fix this other person because they are not your guinea pig. They're not your project. Let them be and let yourself be. It's not your job. So those were seven less talked aspects of self-care. I definitely got a little aggressive there. I'm so sorry. I just had flashbacks of times when I used to do all this, when I used to be like this person who did everything. And now I'm this person who's asking other people to not do this. So yeah, but we're going to quickly recap everything. Number one. Addressing your own problematic patterns. 
Number two, doing your own self-work to be emotionally literate. Number three, holding yourself accountable for the mistakes you make, but also knowing that it's okay to make mistakes. Number four, being disciplined and doing things even if your body says or your mind doesn't want to. Unless you like feel like you're going to hit burnout, which is... Take a break. Um, number five, being okay with falling back into old patterns and still having the courage to keep going and reaching your end goal. Number six, being okay in your own company and knowing how to spend that time you have with yourself. Number seven, releasing the fantasies and the delusions that you have that you can fix other people because, honey, it's not your job. That's all for today. Um, I hope you liked this episode. If you did, please let me know. I'm Anya, your host. You're listening to Learning Curve. New episodes come out every Thursday. Bye now.